of District 306, and welcome to Spoiler <laughs> Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined, as always, by my manic, blue-haired host extraordinaire, Sean Dunham, <laughs> and the head game maker himself, Jeremy Leguie. Hi, pals. I do like to play games. <laughs> May the odds I do like, I do ever like be in it. your favor. Yeah, thank you. I was like, I'm not even going to put that one in because I bet someone will say it, so... Thank you, oh, you know, that's the only thing I remember her saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, icon, but we'll get to it. Yeah, it's odd, that, it's odd that they would say that in the film and then literally just have the rest be totally silent. Yeah. That's all Sean heard. It's kind of what it is. <laughs> just just awkward <laughs> stretches of awkward silence during that mm-hmm. whole situation. Yeah. Well, if you're but wondering the, what we yeah. might be referring to, listeners... Mm. This week, in very belated honor of the not very recently released prequel in the series, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, we're talking all about the series that ignited a YA dystopia craze, The Hunger Games. So Ignited is right. Ignited catching fire, baby. Thank you for catching that. Oh, man. (laughs) We like puns. Sometimes I have nothing to give but puns. I... If I hear one more snow pun, I'm going to lose my mind. And that's fair. I think. That's very fair. <laughs> we haven't said any snow puns. <laughs> I know, but I, I watched a few. I watched more than a few. Because the snow always comes down. Oh, snow yeah. Always... Snow always lands on top. <laughs> snow yeah. always lands on top. Okay. <laughs> oh I, anyway. I love that one, though. I'm like, that's oh, that's good. Each one hurt me more and more. It's giving Lannisters, honestly. The snow's going to land on top. So, okay, so I'm true, curious, true. you two. Yeah. Um, what is your relationship and history with the Hunger Games franchise? Did you read the books? Boy, howdy, did I. <laughs> I, read, uh, I read all the books. I think we're talking... Uh, 2008, 9, and 10, perhaps. Just a little mm-hmm. bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Love them. Very into this world. Uh, in a way that... It was in a bit of a fervor that I haven't really attacked a trilogy like that since, like, Harry Potter, probably. Yeah. Oh. And it was also a period in my life where I wasn't reading that much because I, I used to read a lot, but then I was in university and I didn't want to read for fun because I was reading for not fun and I broke my reading muscle for a long time and now I'm back luckily but it was a a point of great uh, sadness for me but this was Mm -hmm. one series that I did say well let me still do this because they're so juicy and they go through like water they're really good so juicy Jared what about you uh I uh, how do I? Yeah, I don't know. I was privy to quite a bit of this happening, mm-hmm. as many uh, listeners of the show know. Uh, my wife is an avid reader, wife of the show. Uh, I am not an avid reader. I I am a reader at times, mm-hmm. more of a watcher, especially uh, in the film school uh, era of Jeremy. Um. When these came out, I was so wholly uninterested in them. And I don't know if you guys remember the lines drawn between The Hunger Games and a Japanese film called Battle Royale. Well, I knew of the I knew of the tensions. Yes. The whisperings. Uh, I was 
the Jabber Jays so talking <laughs> with that whole with that whole thing, yeah. like that whole argument. Like I didn't. I was also bummed out by Battle Royale. I thought it was fine. Really? Uh, like I just kind of, I just kind of didn't get it. Oh, yeah. Did you watch? Yeah, I love Battle Royale. Royale. I thought I think it's a great film. I, I should probably. I should probably rewatch it because I I remember being annoyed before it started. Like I was just bummed. Oh, like, really? The whole reason. Oh, yeah. It has such no, a it great just... opening scene. <laughs> Guys, it I, I just had a show idea. Scene. I just had a show oh, idea that will allow yeah. us to rewatch or watch Battle Royale because I haven't actually seen oh. it. We could do one about oh. like um, controversies. Children fighting. No, contra- controversies <laughs> of like uh, plagiarism or like films oh. that are allegedly ripped off from other films. That kind of thing. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. No, that's so it's funny because uh, I, just accused, <laughs> I just yeah. accused you of plagiarism before the show. So that is really uh, thematic. <laughs> it is really thematic. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so all of my experiences from these are from the films. Uh, they are a bit guilty to... I need a name for this rule I have where I feel like you have to have read the book in order to understand what's going on. Mm. Um, the Hunger Games doesn't do it. The What's that other one called? The Maze Runner? Mm. You ever watched that? Oh. Actually, I haven't watched uh, it. it Oh, it desperately does. Like, if yeah. you even read the books, you have no clue what's happening. You're like, oh, look at this really significant thing. And then they don't really telegraph what happened at all anyway uh i do think the whole set is really well done Mm -hmm. like masterfully done i would probably say of the movies uh, in terms of yeah i would say i would think so Mm. um but uh yeah i don't know i kind of like was forced into it by someone i cared a lot about and then kind of got into it that way Mm. maybe and then begrudgingly liked them uh, well, it wasn't begrudging. Like, I'm fine with, with like, being into a thing. That's fine. And, like, I don't know. They have so many good actors yeah. <laughs> in this. Like, it's so hard to, like, this is probably one of Woody Harrelson's best <laughs> thing. Like, you know, like, like it's just so good. Isn't that so yeah. funny? And so, yeah. Uh, why well, he usually doesn't get three, three or four movies to do something, you know? Like, he just doesn't get that. Anyway. Um. Yeah, no, I came around. I think is the way to the way to put it. Okay. <laughs> well, we we admire your open mindedness, Jared. Um, <laughs> I'm quite similar to Sean. Was was in deep pretty much from the go. Um, you know, love a love a series with a lot of buzz. You know, the, I feel like the the girlies who later would end up on Book Talk. This is mm. the kind of thing <laughs> that we were into at the end of high school. Um. Yeah, I think um, they're really well done. I guess we should say, like, if somehow people don't know, it's a, mm. like, YA dystopian series that started off as a book series and then was adapted to a, a blockbuster hit series of movies about this kind of dystopian near future where North America or Pan Am um, is divided up into these districts and ruled over by the authoritarian capital. Um, Things are dire, and uh, every year, as this kind of, I don't know, consequence. We could talk. We'll talk more about this consequence of a attempted revolutionary war. Um, there are the Hunger Games, where each district has to send one boy and one girl between the ages of, I think, eleven and eighteen, um, to fight to the death. 
So that's very dark. And um, I think it's one of those things where, like, because this has been in the, like, pop culture consciousness for so long, I think we're almost, like, numbed to the actual, like, horror and gravity of that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you, like, say it out loud and you're like, that's a lot. Yeah. We are quite used to children fighting to the death on TV, though. Well, Well, unfortunately, yeah, that's sort of the thing. And I will say, like, a thing that the movie does is it's, like, all of the competitors are, like, 25 years old. Like, mm-hmm. and the no one is, like, if it, if it was, like, there's very few kids that actually are, like, look like an 11-year-old. And then when you see them, you're like, oh, my God, actually, this is so dark. Well, and I do think that's actually something that they did change a little bit in the, in this newest yeah. one is more of the kids looked younger. And I don't know if it's just like where I'm at or how much it reminded me of real world events and like the sensitivity that I have because of all the stuff going on in the world right now. But like this one hit me a lot harder than the original three do. Yeah, I think that might be part of it. I think that's, I think the same. And also that it was just so like, very obvious that it was like these are just poor kids and Mm -hmm. uh the only difference between these poor kids and these rich kids like like people competing and people not competing is literally just wealth Mm. even though Mm. our main character doesn't have any wealth but nobody knows that yeah but yeah um, so okay so we'll get to that yeah 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 i think i think something that i was stuck on is jeremy talking about how much he liked the films because I will say I don't really like the films. Mm, I don't know if they're... I, I don't think they're very well done, yeah. gotta say. I, I think that's fair. I think that's always the... you you there There is, like, the mechanism of there's a hit book we have to make into a movie, and to accomplish that, we have to ditch 50% of what's here. Yeah. Right? And, like, that's that's always the... And The Hunger Games now is kind of the, like, quintessential central situation of that happening because it's like oh you liked if you like the movie you should read the book mm. right whereas like it i i feel like i don't i I have no idea if this is true i feel like more people who watched and like the hunger games went to the book than the more people who watched and like lord of the rings oh absolutely you know, like, <laughs> right like the default text of lord of the rings for a lot of people has just become the extended cut mm. and like that's the the thing in the zeitgeist i have not Whereas cracked I... the spine of that that's for sure <laughs> let's do you it about Tom uh, let's do like a 24-hour <laughs> live stream where we watch all of the extended cuts <laughs> oh oh yeah well oh well i thought you were gonna say we were i was gonna i thought loud. you were also suggesting that we read the whole books and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> you got hundreds um, of hours sean um <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Sean, I'm curious, like, what do you feel the movies don't do well? Or what don't you like? Well, yeah, I think, like, yeah, like Jeremy said, I think a lot of the films adapted from books always face this. But just specifically for this, it's like Katniss is doing a performance, like, for the Capitol, like, for the, the cameras. But in her mind, she is thinking a whole bunch of other things that are not her performance but when we watch the film it's like we only really see 
what she's like we don't get a ton of internal Katniss dialogue mm. there's not uh and honest and same like in the new one it's like we don't get a lot of internal uh what's his face choreo Coriolanus. choreo dialogue because and he also is putting on his own show of, of projecting something on outside but having a whole insane hamster wheel of thoughts inside yeah and i think like with the with the new one it's especially impactful because it's a prequel that's basically about how the dictator of panem president snow became evil like in a nutshell yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so part of, like, I thought the book was so, so, so good. And part of what makes the book good is like witnessing the, his internal world as he's like making these decisions and, and having these experiences that like shape him to be the future dictator. Um, and so, yeah, losing that is, is a pretty big loss. So I see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that if you were a viewer, you would be like, wow, he really changed on a dang dime. <laughs> Mm. Instead also, of this was, huge like build throughout the film, uh, I was going to say, as a person who has not read the book and has just watched the the film presentation, it did feel very, uh, uh, yeah. There were just like big moments of change, yeah, because it was time for them. Because it was time, mm. yeah. So yeah, it was just like okay, something different, yeah, but. Well, I mean, since we're here, like maybe let's maybe let's go out of order and we can talk about the new one. Um, Not because to push yeah, you, I, because it's a, I I enjoyed this film actually. Interesting. Did you like it more than the first four? Yes. Interesting. Maybe just because the the book was also so good. I don't know if I'm like completely off of my rocker but i was like i was really into the book i thought it was one of the best of the four Mm. i do too i don't think you're off your rocker about that at all thank you sean's off his rocker uh uh, there's like a betty white show about old people pranking people called off (laughs) betty white's off her rocker (laughs) is that real or did you just invent that no it's real it was real Um, I, I kind of have a few thoughts about the new film. Uh, overall, I think I liked it. I, I, I still have time to settle on that. Mm. Ask me in two years if I like The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So, did you um, watch it this week, Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I watched it for the show. Well, I love... <laughs> as per our... As per our... Well, I love we the love work you've done, and, then. <laughs> uh, anyway, I will say this is not number one. This is number zero. I do think this is like another like confirmation of the Gen Z film. And like I think they like their wide angles up close and I think that they like their cameras to move and like I have all of these things that are like very much like oh this I think this is just a new type of filmmaking and like I don't know if I like it or not yet but I do think it's a thing. Interesting. Um uh, a thing I really didn't like about this new one is that I thought that the color palette was so different from the other films. It actually, I noticed it so hard. Oh yeah. Like I, it just felt so, so, so different. 
in a way that like I actually went back and watched some of the other Hunger Games because they're so much more muted mm-hmm. and there's so much like more going on visually in terms of that sort of stuff. Yes, not. But well, do you think that's on purpose? Would be my question. To kind I of don't, show I don't the know. difference in perspective from Katniss as our kind of narrator to Coriolanus and the like time period maybe. maybe. But then I thought it should shift, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I thought, cause they did it. I think they kind of did it based on like when she was home, it was more muted. And when she went to the Capitol, it changed. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then there's a very famous thing about the aspect ratio change as Katniss comes out of the hole. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys, yeah. Anyway. So there, there's that whole kind of presentation of it as well. So I was kind of like thinking of it from that lens. I will say that the brutalism of the games in this was so much better and I felt it so hard. Like it just seemed so much more real yeah. as opposed to like the really sensational thing that we, that are sort of depicted in the other films. Yeah. Um, and some of it is absolutely shocking. Yeah. Like it is just it's crazy. A, like it's a dark series. Y- yes. <laughs> it is. And I think that's really interesting. And again, could be like a, a bit of a choice because so the so the prequel takes place during the tenth Hunger Games and basically mm-hmm. the main character Corio um is kind of like instrumental in coming up with all of these ideas to make the games what they eventually become in the original trilogy in Katniss's time. Um so like the you know the introduction of like sponsoring the um tributes, the introduction of some of the like I don't know, some of the, like, media sensational parts. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think that that contrast, like, showed that really well, whether or not it was just, like, they were being, they were did a better job of kind of showing how brutal it was in this one or it was, like, a choice. Um, but, yeah, I definitely felt that as well. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that, like, Corio was, like, playing his own Hunger Games outside, like people, mm. his classmates are dying. He is he is doing <laughs> he's going through crazy uh lengths to make sure that because if his uh if his subject <laughs> wins, then he is almost guaranteed to get this extremely huge scholarship that will save his family's name and give they're like destitute. All they have is their name basically. But they're pulling up this front that they are still uh, rich. And so if he wins the scholarship, then his family is like on the good track. So he is like his back is against the wall also. Mm-hmm. And he's doing some trickery. Oh, trauma is at I, play. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The the series is like for a YA series, it, it tackles so much like trauma and mm-hmm. like cruelty and like addiction. <laughs> And PTSD, it's like, yeah, it's quite intense. Yeah. It's... And I think I think one of the reasons it's so, like, well-regarded and popular is that it does those things in a really, like, honest and, like, deeper way than some other mainstream, like, YA properties. Like, I think, obviously, it's not all just, like, one-to-one realism in the sense of, like, ooh, we're living in Panem, but I think a lot of the things that she's grappling with in the series are so, so relevant, and that's, I think, also part of what made me so uncomfortable watching this new one especially was just, like, oh, this, like, 
she's she's saying some very real stuff that needs reckoning with um you know in terms of like the way we are taught to kind of view violence as entertainment uh even like real world violence that's happening to real people and the kind of like disconnect that that creates and the way that comfort can make us so you know immune to like the suffering of others yeah and a whole bunch of other things and like further to what you were saying earlier sean i think one of the things that i could see them trying to put into the movie that i think the book did so effectively was kind of this central theme of human nature and um you know whether we are kind of like inherently violent or inherently good or how we become what we become because the book starts with all these um, epigraphs from like Enlightenment era philosophers kind of w- from these different texts about like mm-hmm. man is fundamentally good or not. Right. Um, and they like tried really hard with Viola Davis's character, Dr. Gall, I think. They like <laughs> really hit it with her. Who is a slay also. <laughs> She's such a slay. She's like the mad scientist um, head game maker who kind of shapes Coriolanus. And she she has, like, several many monologues about, like, humans are inherently violent and chaotic and we need, you know, authoritarian control to to keep us safe. And so, I don't know, I think some of those themes about, like, your fellow humans are dangerous to you are especially, especially feel very relevant and, like, poignant to me right now. Mm-hmm. So you want some more authoritarian control? No, I I want more people to watch these movies and think about those parts and not just watch them as entertainment so that we don't end up with more authoritarian control. <laughs> That's that is that is fair. Uh I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say a hot take right now. Mm. Do it. And I'm I'm sorry. I think I I think they went too far with her character. Like she's so crazy. I love how crazy and she is. It's like how do you have this job? Like, you're insane. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't know. I I feel like the depictions of the Capitol show people being pretty wild. And like the obvious one is like Tigris, who is like a human tiger, uh, who is a human to a dress to appear like a tiger or modified to appear like a tiger. Right. I, I need you guys to correct whether or not she is a were tiger. She is modified to appear like a tiger. And also, do you know who she is? Tigress, Corio's cousin. <laughs> yeah, Hunter okay. Schaefer. They have the because okay. I was like, yeah, the name. You see the her name. as a human yeah. at the beginning, or like in the. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But but I'm just like, okay. I was like, did bit. you know that? She, did you think she turns into like a little cat lady at night or something? <laughs> it could have happened. Like I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, bo- anyway, it's body mods. I think. But we have Viola taking it to a whole different eleven for the whole situation. Oh yeah, she's like I don't think there's anyone more extreme than her. And even like um, Elizabeth Banks' character, whose name I do Effie not know. Effie Trinket. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like she's kind of the most extreme of the other films. Yeah. In a way, right? At least the person we get to sort of deal with. And um, yeah, no, she just gets blown out of the water by miles and miles. I think that by this performance. Yeah, I, I, I think that. Um... Dr. Gall's style sort of does lead the way to where capital goes. Like people just start emulating her insane style that leads us <laughs> 50 years later to where we're at with Effie Trinket. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and yeah, I think that's that's one of my things about the film. There were some things that just felt very broad and like slap you in the face with it and mm-hmm. almost like glossy at times. Like we'll get into it, but like Rachel Ziegler's whole character of um, Lucy Gray Baird just felt yeah. very like Disneyified to me. She was very Disney. I think mm-hmm. she was co- probably miscast, honestly. Well, and I also think that this is just like the weirdest sort of campaign run for what I would fundamentally classify as a musical. Mm. Say more. <laughs> I, mean, I need you to say more because I don't understand do, what you're saying. I don't. Th- do, I don't think. It's... Do you guys not think that this is a musical? No. No. She bursts out into song so but much, but she does it in the context it, it, of the. Film. It happens it's five times. Yeah, it's, that doesn't that's that doesn't matter. <laughs> that's not. It, it does doesn't in have to the not classification of a musical, though. I'm googling it. Like she's not sitting in the the Hunger Games uh, arena and just slowly looks to camera and sings it. Well, sometimes she does do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she does. I was shocked by the amount of singing. Absolutely. Well, shocked. if you have got fair. Rachel, you're gonna make her sing. Yeah. Maybe. And, and that and is, her. I think that is also part of like the songs are also part of what conveys the, the a lot of the themes and plot in the book. So I think they were oh, really trying that? to capitalize what, on that. What was that song? Ca- I'm so sorry. Capitalize. What did you just say? Oh, oh, oh! What do I have here? The definition of a musical. Oh no! Oh no! A play or a movie in which singing and dancing play an essential part. Oh, wow. but like full stop. Okay. But okay, and I guess we can <laughs> we can split a few hairs here. But. I feel that I could win this argument. I just want to note for the record that I feel that I could win this argument if we had the time and and invested it. But I'm choosing not to. Agree. Like, but it doesn't. Yeah, I I'm now just very curious if that's actually a thing. Or but not. I am. I know what you're saying is that there are many yeah. uh, movies this particular season where they are hiding that they're a musical, a straight yes. up yeah. musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Color Purple, Wonka, Mean Girls, none of them had any songs in the trailer. And I think people were like, whoa, what? But I would Mm -hmm. say that, I yeah, anyway, I don't think that this is accounts as a musical because honestly that was full that was full on. I'm not out here just so we're good. I'm not out here singing the hanging tree. It became not a joke. Well, that's because you challenged it. Wow. And I'm pretty sure I'm right. Anyway, that's that's for another show. I should have done a cover uh, of The Hanging Tree for this episode. Oh, my God. That that was, that's open. our theme song. Yeah. I could, if I had time, I would. But to be honest, I don't know that that's the best use of my personal time. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, any other quick thoughts about the fourth one before we go to break? Um, just also that... The costuming of the students was uh, incredible. Those sort of mm. Tom Brown schoolboy outfits, like pleated skirt to overpant uh, suit coats. I was very into. Um, and I'm sad to see that the Capitals fashion really fell by the wayside in the future because that was a high point. Yeah, oh, I'm and also Hunter, Hunt, Hunter Schaefer wearing that little pink peplum number when she goes to to view that was also great this like sort of retro futurism style like it's like it's the 40s but it's the future really hit yeah. for me yeah same big same yeah 
<laughs> Jerry, you have any other quick thoughts? I mean, no. Well, I noticed the pant, the pant skirt, and I thought that that I was wondering if it was going to be hot. Like that was my thought. I was just like, I wonder. I think hot, it was. Like, it looked flowy and nice, but it was hot, hot. in what that way? Was my immediate concern. <laughs> it was quite. It was hot in several ways. There we go. There, perfect. Hot in several ways. Well, with that, yeah. it's time for us to take a break, hear a word from our sponsors, and free the districts. We'll be right back with more spoiler alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We are going to get back to talking about the Hunger Games in just a minute. But first, we're going to play a little game, not the scary kind of game like from the Hunger Games. Oh, called, fun game. Called the game. <laughs> Yay! It's, 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 it's game time, people. The way Sean knew. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, uh, the game is where I spend, it was like a handful of time this week, uh, looking for a title related Sorry, to the Sorry, what's that measurement? It was, it was like... <laughs> it wasn't long. Okay, I like just I wanted to hear time. you say a handful of time again. Yeah, it was a handful. It was, it's not long. It was wow. a, I don't know. I, I definitely thought about it more than I had to, but I didn't have to think about it as much as I did to get to where I got. Mm. Got it. Uh, yeah, okay. that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. Um, it's where I spend a handful of time <laughs> picking, <laughs> picking a title related to a topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. We all have a great time. You guys are ready to play the game? I'm yep. ready. Uh, I should have said I should have done a joke about like uh, I'm I'm just picking one one uh, boy and one girl. I volunteer as tribute. Ooh, there we go. Are you saving me, or do I also just have to? <laughs> yeah, you still have to, to play twice. You still have to because of the oppressive rules about gender. No, that's, that's sorry, Sean. Yeah, dictatorships uh, right, be like guys... that. I guess. <laughs> sorry, go on. That's true. Damn, that's true. Uh, this week's title is Chaos Walking. That title again, Chaos Walking. Chaos Walking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Chaos mm-hmm. Walking. Yep. I will give y'all a hint. Yeah, please. Uh, is, I'll give you actually two hints. Uh, <gasps> oh number one, uh, it is based off of a young adult science fiction book. Oh, that's not a yep. hint. <laughs> number two, it has been made into a movie. I hate you. I don't. <laughs> I love you, but... <laughs> That was a real, you really got my hopes up because I had no like, good ideas. And now I'm like, well. Here we go. Sean, you got anything? Uh, see where we land. Okay. So I think it's still in the Hunger Games universe. Um, and uh, a, a, a boy named Arachne Chaos, because you know their names are so stupid. <laughs> uh, he is um he has is faced with a uh he has to <laughs> he has to walk across panem uh as some sort of punishment he has to walk from district 12 to the capital uh mm-hmm. and if he makes it he will uh he will win the capital's uh prize or i don't know how he got into this situation but mm-hmm. the the entire of the districts are summoning around him and cheering him on. And as he passes through each district, they give him food and experiences and 
uh, a little a little taste of um, home, you know, agriculture, mm-hmm. power, you know, they each have a thing. Um, <laughs> and um, so then he just, he keeps on trying, and he, they think that he won't make it. He almost fails by like District 10, but then his uh, countrymen prop him up and he keeps going until he makes it to the capital and against all odds. Mm. Yes. Kind of a Forrest Gump deal. It's a bit of that. I, I was like thinking Jerry home, Fox, man. but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of a Forrest Gump, Terry Fox, uh, Arachne Chaos. Uh, Arachne Chaos trilogy. is so good. Okay, thank you, thank you, Sean. Uh, Sanj, uh, what is Chaos Walking? Okay, oh, I'm kind of torn. I don't know which one. To... Okay, I also think. That this is... Oh, do I? No, I don't think that this is within the Hunger Games universe. I think it's just very similar. Where it's like a near future, post-apocalyptic. Um, but in this one... Why mm-hmm. didn't I think while Sean was talking? I was, li- I was busy uh, listening were, to him. I'm so, so engaging. In <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, in this one... No, I'm going to do the thing I was thinking before. Um, I th- Okay, so I think this is in the Hunger Games universe. And it takes place um, kind of in the time between Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and the first Hunger Games movie. And I think it's about the survivors of District 13, which was thought to have been like wiped off the map in the, in the war. Um, but then mm-hmm. we find out in the in the Mockingjay movies that it was still there the whole time. And it's like this whole crazy underground society. Um, I think it's about the uh, establishment of the society in district 13. And Mm. it's told through the eyes of someone who escaped from district 12 and walked to district 13 and like gets there in the early days. And that's why it's called chaos walking. So I brought it full circle. Nice. Ooh, a lot of a lot of walking, you guys. Yeah, I really well, did. Walking. Well, walking is you know fifty percent of the title. title. Mm. Yeah, it is in the title. Okay. Uh, thank you both for your uh, suggestions about what chaos walking may or may not be about. Uh, both wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so chaos walking uh, was made in twenty twenty one into a film, a PG thirteen film. Uh, it stars <laughs> Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley. And there's a bunch of other people. Mads Mikkelsen what? portrays the villain. Uh, and it is based on uh, the series Chaos Walking, but the book titled The Knife of Never Letting Go. Mm. What are these titles? Yes. Anyway, The Knife of Never Letting Go was published May 5, 2008. Mm. So actually kind of just just right nestled in there same, with the other... Same year as... The yes, with the other with the other stuff. Um, so um, it's kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> oh, you think uh, the knife of never letting go is going to be weird? It's a it's a it's a little weird. It's a little weird. So it's kind of like maybe a bit further along. I have seen this movie. It was not very good. Uh, it's kind of it's a bit further along in human history and in the setting we're in. So like there was a, a war with aliens and. In the film, Tom Holland plays, I gotta grab his name, Todd, and he Hmm. lives in this village where there's only men. Oh, no. And 
Yes. Uh, anyway, there is this thing, I think they call it the noise. And because of the events of the war and the things that went on, your thoughts are like aud- audibly played out and like you people can hear it. Like they just like are broadcast out. Oh, and if no. you focus, you can like bring it in kind of anyway. Um, so he kind of lives with his dads and he interacts with the mayor of the town who in the film is played by Mads, Mads Mikkelsen who is kind of like a scary dude, but also like runs everything and is nice to Todd and all these sorts of things. Todd. Anyway. Todd is a, not a very good It's name. not as good as Arachne Chaos, that's for sure. Yeah. That's, 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 that's his name. Anyway, a spaceship crash lands on the thing, on the planet that they are on, and uh, it's kind of a mad dash to uh, get dash. to the spaceship because whenever a spaceship comes back, it's actually humans returning uh from the war or from the they had to run away for some I can't remember. However, the one like escape pod that gets off is Daisy Ridley's character and she plays Viola and she is the only woman uh <gasps> for miles and miles. And of course all of the tropes that you can think of associated with that are at play. And it's kind of weird and gross sometimes. Yeah. Uh, they actually do a pretty good job of navigating it. Um but spoiler alert it is revealed that Actually, Mads Mikkelsen is just sort of like ruling this town in a big, mean way. And there are actually lots of women. And uh, he just had them. He's just keeping removed. all the women for himself? No, 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 no. There was, the, he He just got, he just removed them. Oh, <laughs> to where? Okay. On the radio, on the radio we'll say removed Okay, them. oh. Anyway. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm so smart. The, yeah, the film is not so great. I think it's one of those things where it's like two and a half books. Um, yeah, you, you know. Um, but apparently, the book is supposed to be very good. People compare it a lot to like Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. That's uh, not what I was expecting you to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's all, there's a yeah, lot of rafting like... on the old Mississippi. The way well, you it's just explain this whole thing, and I'm no closer to understanding it than I was at the beginning. <laughs> well, but like they, like they don't have technology, right? Like it's all very rough, and he ha- like there's there's a lot of fights with knives, a lot, kind of like Dune, not like Dune at all. Um, but they are just kind of rednecky in their man town. Well, with now see, I don't want to sound stuff. rednecky myself. But how does the society of all gay men couples have children? It hasn't it's been It's an attack it, on the family. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been that long and a part of it is that Todd is like the youngest by a quite uh quite a stretch. Okay. Mm. Yeah, like he's the he's the boy. There's uh, a Jonas brother in there, but uh, oh my God. <laughs> for the most part, he's this, the youngest. This sounds insane. Yeah. In what? the in the book, Todd is twelve, and he's he's played by uh, Tom Holland, who I have been very vocal about being tooled for Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when did this come uh, out? The movie. Twenty twenty one. Oh man. Yeah, he's so like they aged Todd like up. They aged Todd up. Yeah. yeah, he's not portraying a twelve year old. I think okay. he's might be. He might be playing like an 18 year old, but oh, man. anyway, okay. Um, it's okay. Check it out. If you like, really like sci-fi in a big way. Gotta say I'm curious now. So maybe I think you should check out the book first. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You guys, thank you for playing the game. Thank, thank you, you for bringing this 
honestly chaos. <laughs> I truly feel that I did not retain one useful piece of information from that description, but there we are. Um, okay, so we're talking about the Hunger Games series. Um, let's come back to the fourth one, depending on how much time we have, but I'm curious. Which mm-hmm. which of these movies is your favorite? I think probably the first one. First or... First or second, gotta mm-hmm. say. The third and fourth, uh, I thought the third book was a kind of a flop for me. And so when they split it into two and did two films, I was bored. Mm. So yeah, I would say probably maybe one just because I knew that book very detailed and was looking to see what was you know, I was just like, oh, my God. And now that's happening. And now that's happening. Mm-hmm. And it is like, yeah, there's obviously changes. There's they removed a bit of some pretty sh- cruel, shocking things like how the mutts were all made to look mm. like the other uh, people that had like the that had died. I think the that, eyes of the other I think contestants. That's in there. Not 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 in a meaningful way. I think I she like I think. think she I think Katniss realizes, but I could be wrong. Oh. Wow. In the in the movie? Yeah. I sw- no, I not, swear I she says it, but I it doesn't matter. And just think, like yeah, things like how the Jabberjays sounded like their loved ones being tortured and mm. and how both of them suffer like disabilities after the first Hunger Games. Like she goes fully deaf in one ear. PETA loses a leg. Yeah. They cut that out. (laughs) Well, they did do that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! (laughs) But um, anyway, just things that I'm sure they're like, this is not very great for television or TV. Mm. I mean, Mm. I keep saying the same thing. Movies. Ticket sales. Ticket sales. But I did like the the twist of the quarter quell in the second one really gagged the girls for sure because i'm like Mm -hmm. why do i care what happens for this one my my heroes are out of the game oh Oh, sean i know we we are the capital okay that that was a twist for me uh i i do think that number two is probably the best standalone right because the 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 mockingjay situation you kind of need both to lean on each other to get the whole the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah and then you do kind of like Peta is just gone for a really long time and he's actually really important to the whole thing yeah and I do feel like by having his troubles over two films it kind of breaks the like how damaging that's supposed to be mm. the intensity with, with his, of it. His, yeah, like his torture and his indoctrination. Uh, but um, I thought that the, the second one was good because it was like, it was kind of a let's get back at it again. But with the nuance of like everyone actually understands what this is about and everyone has agendas. Yeah, and actually. there's a lot more going on. Maybe you're right. that Because th- that one, she is she thinks that, she still thinks everyone's trying to kill her. She right. doesn't know that everyone is like, all kind of working together to like save her basically. Right. And, and everyone has all this... these things going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this whole thing of like in the first one, the other 
I want to say kids. I don't think they're kids. But the other contestants kind of are just dangerous. You know, like they're just, oh, there's the mean one. There's the cute one. Yeah. Like we don't really get like to develop anything. Whereas, because uh, you get, is it Nuts nuts and Volts? Yeah. Nuts and Volts, yeah. Jeffrey Wright and I can't remember the actress's name who plays the other one. But um, I'll say Jeffrey Wright is in um, a film this year that looks really good. Uh, American <laughs> Fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like Jeffrey Wright a lot. I think he's really talented. Did you guys see um, Westworld? Yeah, he's so good in that. Oh, man. He just absolutely... He's like going toe to toe with Hopkins there. Whew. Oh my god, yeah. so good. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think to answer your question, Sanjay, number two, uh, especially from like a unread movie perspective. Mm. I, oh, and then yeah, I mean, I think killing you off Lenny me, Kravitz. Oh, I think you turned me around to number two. Yeah, Cinna. Yeah, it's, it's it's so hard. <laughs> he did such a good like he he was just cast as himself. And he just came on to set, you know, anyway. But he did. But I think he did a really good job of like channeling himself into that. Like I just. No, he was acting for sure. Yeah. And that's such a devastating moment. Yeah. I think it's too for me as well. Like um, I think like, yeah, a lot of the stuff you guys have said, the kind of like exploration of the like trauma of being a victor because we like get to know all the other victors in the quarter quill the like collaboration of them all, the twists, like just like narratively, I think it's so good. Um, mm-hmm. Finnick, I mean, like, yeah, we love Finnick, no, uh, but also Jenna yeah, Malone's character. I forget yes. what her name is. Well, She's and that's sick. what I was gonna say is that I actually really love the third book. Um, like I think it has a lot of the the political stuff that kind of got stripped away from the movie. Like not totally, but a lot of it. And mm. part of my one thing that makes me really sad about uh, part one of Mo- the Mockingjay movie is that in the book, there's this prolonged kind of period where Katniss and Joanna, um, played by Jenna Malone, develop this like really interesting friendship and kind of like support each other in healing their trauma as they're like training to go to the Capitol to kill Snow. And that's just like totally taken out from the movie and it just makes me really sad because it's like one of Katniss's only actual friends who's not a romantic interest in the whole film series. Um, So yeah, but I, yeah, I do like all of them, honestly, but I think it's two. I I would, I, this must exist. I would like to see a super cut. Like I would, I would like to see like maybe, a few things altered or taken out or shortened, and then the whole thing kind of in one big go. A supercut of uh, the entire series. Yeah, well, the the certainly the main trilogy in four parts. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it would be hard to cut the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes into that. And actually, I had a weird question for you guys. Mm. Did you think Turning that the they maybe started writing this as a show? The like the movie. Like it's a, it's a six episode show. Like it is like it has like very defined points of like the the only thing that's like going against it in terms of like a Game of Thrones style show is that there's so few characters. Right? Like you are just with Snow the whole time. But there are more I, in the book. Like the, yeah, it we but, we meet more of like his classmates and stuff. Mm. 
And, and like, but I do wonder if if it started its life as like, oh, this will be a great miniseries. It it probably could have been because I forgot. I'm like, oh wait, and now she wins. Spoiler alert. And then now he just gets shipped off and he has to go do this whole other adventure part of the thing. I'm like, yeah, it's felt so very just like anticlimactic. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I, I was actually sh- shocked how much of this movie was the games. I was actually shocked. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I won't speculate on like whether it was because I think that's kind of impossible to know. But like it could have been for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. partly is just has to do with like the structure of the book. And how it's broken up into, like, multiple parts. And, like you said, Sean, kind of, like, these different periods of time and different situations. Um, is is this movie closer to the book than the others? Hmm. I would say so. Hard question. Hard question. Hard question to ask. I would say so. But, again, yeah, yeah like, he is, he is internal scheming. Hmm. Yeah, that, like, plot-wise, that... yes, I would say. But like, yeah, the, I don't know, substance wise, hard to say. Mm. Interesting. Um, just a light, little lighthearted, dumb question to, to break things up mm. here a little. Are you guys team Gale or team PETA? Oh, for the original gosh. series. Ridiculous question. No one is team Gale. Correct. No one's, yeah, I don't think anyone's team Gale. I think I actually Even- was for a bit in high school, though, which... You know. Even before the the incident, uh, Gail yeah. was just like around. Yeah, it's like we don't, don't even know. know Gail. Why are we? Why are we talking about Gail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peter is an artist. You know. Yeah. And Did you see I, him I, turn I, him his cake skills into a full camouflage? <laughs> Honestly, you guys, that might be one of the worst, like plot interpretations. Holes. Of what that like, he like if he could have done that from the hop, he should have just dug like he should have just made himself into a rock man and disappeared for that whole thing. Yeah, is that like, the like... most shocking when that rock opens its eyes? It's like <laughs> it's crazy. He's like on the verge of death. Yeah. Well, I okay. I'm such a contrarian. Like my brain just thinks up arguments even if I don't necessarily agree with them. That I think <laughs> some justification, Jer, would be that he, um wanted to protect Katniss because he was in love with her. So he wouldn't want to just hide. That's my, that's my justification. That's fair. I'm so sorry. I looked it up. Because it could have, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, oh God. Because it, it's like, he could have just gone into a cave and just hid. He didn't have to do like this whole thing. And how did he yeah, possibly get all those things to do that? Yeah. It, it was, it, it was like, I think they make mention of that they're like he gets some sort of something and then he kind of has a moment in the second one where he gets some stuff. Is doesn't that happen? Doesn't he get like does he never camouflage again? I don't they, think is that so. what happens? The way that oh they're just they use his skills as like a baker and they're like, <laughs> it's great. He's used to lifting two hundred pound bags of flour, so he can really throw th- heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, they just really try to pigeonhole, like, he's actually, like, secretly incredible at this from his baker yeah. skills. Yeah, I... Yeah, his time at Johnny Cakes. You're not wrong, but I still love him. But also, I'm a little bit, like, just Team Katniss, and 
there's a part of me that's like, did she have to have a love interest? But maybe don't, don't date anyone that you trauma bonded with. Yeah. Maybe. I think Katniss is, at least from the film's perspective, and like I say this in a like an actually encouraging way, is that her love interest is her sister. Like I think mm. that's the actual relationship we should we missed out on more because uh, like her mom kind of sucks and we get we know why we get Can't it well, she's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of sucks she doesn't it's like it's, she's got it's no she's got stuff going fault. on but no you're right yeah, you're right. yeah. <laughs> but it is just like uh, and so I think that we kind of lost it in terms of the end well spoiler alert uh, her sister is killed um, it's the devastating. film doesn't necessarily yeah, Which is what this whole series is about, is protecting her. Yes, from right. And so it just kind of takes away, because it was like the solve to the love triangle and supposed to be this like big devastating moment. And did you guys also feel like her getting to the capital was kind of weird and awkward? A little bit too easy and convenient? No, like I didn't think it was too easy or convenient, but she doesn't really do anything. Like, she just gets there and then falls victim to the same thing everyone else does. And it would have been better for her to not do anything. Oh, sorry. Do you mean Prim or Katniss? Katniss. I mean, it takes her a long... I don't know what you mean, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, she just doesn't have an impact on her attempt on Snow, right? She just gets there kind of without all the people who came with her because they all died on the way. And (sighs) then... Also, she is also hit by the bomb. Just the <laughs> and that's sort of where she gets to. Just the concept of being with Katniss is like being a red shirt on Star Trek. It's like yeah. if I'm with you, I'm dead because being around you kills people. But that's what makes it so sad is that she knows that and is constantly mm. trying to like run away and isolate herself because of that. But then everyone keeps keeps committing to her because she's their hope for the future. It's it. I'm telling you guys, this stuff is devastating when you get down to it (laughs) but actually okay we only have a few minutes left but i just realized we haven't talked about this at all how do we feel about jennifer lawrence and her portrayal of katniss the main character of this entire thing Hmm. well silence okay Okay. not strongly i I guess I, i was just gonna let sean i think she did a good job like i said i think the whole cast for the originals they really did do a very good job, mm-hmm. not only on picking the people, but like having them play together and like anything with Donald Sutherland and Jennifer Lawrence is good to watch. Oh, crackling. Like, like, you know, like, uh, who's the dude with the weird beard? What's it? What's do you, uh, right. Stanley Tucci? The, the, the game maker. No. Oh, the Seneca game. Crane. Yeah. I don't even know his name. He's probably like the, the weirdest sort of like oddball in the whole thing in terms of like a weird performance to just sort of just throw in there and like maybe they should have established him in the first film so that he was in the second as well like that sort of thing but uh i mean yeah like i think it'll actually be hard for jennifer lawrence to not be katniss to so many people from now on Mm. you know like she did such a good job yeah she did she really made her katniss bed but maybe this new movie will like take her out of it I mean, she. I feel like she's done pretty well since. Been in oh yeah, no, stuff. she's. Did she do um? What was like she did a bunch of movies with Bradley Cooper before and after this. Like she's, 
you know, that's the height of uh, being an actress. Yeah, what more could a girl ask <laughs> yeah. for? Uh, seriously. She did Mother. No, she, like, she does crazy, freaky drama. She does comedies. She's, like, she's all over the place. She's good. She's- yeah. No, no, she's, she's killing it. Get your bag, Jen. But, yeah, I think she did a good job because I think especially... Like, it's such a tricky character because of the whole, like, lack of interiority thing. And yeah. Katniss is, like, her kind of defining trait is that she's, like, withholding and, like, reserved because of all the trauma that she's been through and, like, can't open up to people. So to do that in a way that's, like, realistic and effective, but, like... And somehow mm-hmm. charming the entire capital city. Yeah, it's really good. But that is all the time we have for this week. So we'd like to give a thanks to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, uh, to my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, and everyone at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Fridays at 3, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Have a great week and take care. Bye. See ya. Bye.